Welcome to Think With Me, a podcast of the Christian Think Tank PH. I am Dan Hopinyalasa, the host of this show. I invite you on this journey to think with me as we explore scripture, examine context, and engage scholarship on some of the toughest, most confusing, and often misunderstood passages in the Bible. On this episode, we talk about philosophy in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, and whether or not the Bible actually encourages us to not study philosophy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Think With Me, a podcast uh, of the Christian Think Tank. This is a special segment wherein we focused on exploring scripture and um, scholarship in order to understand what the Bible intends to communicate or teach. And um, with me tonight is Mr. GM Box. Maybe for some of you who have been uh, tuning in to our podcast, uh, his voice, if you are just listening, you know, via Spotify or any other means, uh, he's familiar already. Or to those who are already, you know, who has followed us through Facebook, you 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 know his face. <laughs> but uh, bro, uh, I'm happy that you're here. Last episode, I we I had um, Res and Zuriel. Um, mm-hmm. It was very uh, an enjoyable session, just because. Uh, we, we did it face to face. Yes. Yeah. yeah and so, I was quite jealous that you were able to meet face to face. It's always like that. You live yeah. in the same city, but at the same time, you don't always meet. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. We will be doing uh, the same thing more often later. And, you know, and for yeah. us, maybe uh, if I travel back to our my home place, I can drop by CDO and then. Maybe we can awesome. do an episode. Yo. Awesome. awesome. So awesome. speaking awesome. of, you know, I mentioned CDO. Maybe, you know, for those who has uh, just tuned in uh, now, can you just, you know, tell us something about yourself? Just for right. the guys to how to know something about. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so I'm I'm Jihan. Uh, Jihan Box. Um, I am a, a mechanical engineer by, by profession. I've always Ever since I became a Christian, I was always interested in this field, or at least in this side of the faith, uh, upon uh, trying to learning about theology, philosophy, apologetics, and all these things, because I myself went through uh, that struggle before actually committing to the faith. And this has greatly influenced me and has been very instrumental in my growth and knowing Mm -hmm. the Lord. So knowing that that's how it, it impacted me. Uh, it's my goal to to share it and to spread it to others as well, knowing that it can also help other people. And I know the value of of growing in the Lord and mm-hmm. in loving Him with our minds. And so I just want right. other people to experience the same thing. So I am from CCF CDO. I I volunteer there. I commit there, and I also facilitate. D groups uh, that's like discipleship groups there and that would don't hope don't hope also mentioned yeah i'm from gagay in the oro city that's in northern mindanao for those who don't know and i have been with ctt ever since it started and yeah so it's it's a it's an interesting thing that i was actually invited here because i was i'm normally uh included in the think together podcast right. which is what happens every other saturday uh, I mean, Sunday, when uh, Think With Me isn't aired, but 
there's there's something happening I think would be that that is really uh, I want to be part of. Although it's uh, it's also so good to just be listening with you guys, especially with you and Kyle uh, regularly, because there's a lot of things that's being discussed when it comes to scripture, and, and like man, that's 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 so fruitful and uh, and a lot of things that I've been learning from you guys, and it, and then you invited me in and like. Oh, what am I gonna say? <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, guys. Um, this guy is just, you know, being humble as himself. But if you don't know, maybe for some, because I think I heard this guy is being famous already in TDO. <laughs> this guy also <laughs> preaches. That's why. I mean, this guy also preaches. So, I mean, that's why I, you know I can invite him here because he himself said it's a scripture. He teaches, preaches, and of course, not just that. You know, for me, the the the, the most beautiful thing you know as a, pla- a platform where you you know teach the word of god is in the context of discipleship and i know that you're leading mm-hmm. discipleship groups bro so because you know there you, you're you don't just preach there you you know people your your the group members can actually challenge you and then sometimes yeah. those can lead to deeper understanding of the passage so that's why um i just love also being in the group and with that, you know, I just want to let these guys know, those, those that are tuning in, that um, we can trust Jihan as we do this. <laughs> the bro, I know that you're also, you know, I mean, you're doing a lot of things. How's life going? <laughs> it's it's normal, but normal for me is is not normal because I have just been used to it. A lot of stressful work happening actually, but it's just regular already. A lot of troubleshooting happening in work, and mm-hmm. It's something we we'll deal with by the week, but then I'm just excited to face the weekends, especially that. Mm. Uh, doesn't mean there's no work. I'm not denying the fact that the work disappears just because, <laughs> but it's 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 challenging, and mm. I just pray that I get to glorify God with what I do, um, and hopefully He'll He'll use me here in in His for His work as well. But hmm. yeah, that's that's my week when it in the context of my my profession, uh, in the context of ministry, I it's also quite busy. Like like what you said, I do meet with our D groups uh, weekly, and at the same time, I just committed into signing up uh, into our youth ministry elevate uh, to become a lay volunteer and. Hoping I'll be able to contribute and have my voice as well there, mm-hmm. and submit to the to to the church in the, in that sense. Yeah, how about you, bro? Yeah, You've I... been asking me these things. How about you? How are you? Yeah, but you know, before I answer your question, I just like how you you know answer my question. Is you talked about context? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I just use the word. And you're probably and gonna hear yeah. that more often this this <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, for me on my end, um, gaya ng sinabi mo no sa tagalog pa ang buhay sanay sanayan na lang. Uh, yeah. you will let there are times na you will do uh, lesser things, but most of the time you just do a lot of things, especially when you become an adult. Uh, there's there are just responsibilities that you have to attend to, and yeah, maybe for for those who are transitioning. Um, they would complain, but I'd like just to say welcome to welcome to life. <laughs> That's just life. So yeah, for me, been um working in the school, uh, 
we have we have just been uh last week yeah it was just our enrollment we're happy to see our students back there were some who were not able to return for some very important reasons we understand that but um it's encouraging also to see new students freshman students and um for me my my end um as a person um uh it feels great i mean um what gives me joy you know is for me is and encouragement is when you study the word because when you study the word and you learn something you get to know god more and you just and you look back into your life you realize oh it's just it's just by the grace of god that you're able to you know do all these things and do all these things and reach this far you know Endure, is, um yeah is yeah, i've been studying uh, the life of joseph and um reflecting on the years that has passed um joseph had I mean going back to the life of joseph he, he experienced a lot of things in his life but you know when it, uh, he saw he was all his brother and then they met right uh during the yeah. famine and then yeah. but when they met he said um don't be angry of yourself don't feel so bad you meant it evil but god meant it for good to preserve yes. lives so he did not took the opportunity to just you know to brag and oppress his brothers mm. you know but he took the that 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 opportunity to actually be a blessing to his brothers i mean just looking at the life but just looking at the life of of joseph i mean bro that was just the grace of god there he was in prison for two years and you know forgotten by a friend yeah. and then yeah. later on just the grace of god yeah. and that's how i see my yeah. life bro like how many years has passed i mean you know i mean we meet weekly also you you know yeah. the things that has happened ah yeah. the grace of god <laughs> yeah mentioning that story of joseph like every time i read it there's this the human side of me that just wants to let him express here his emotion in a very human way like and you have you have the right to get mad something like that right. and then it's so frustrating but then you see the grace of god coming out of this man and how he shows it to other people and the wisdom of this person right like he understood he understood why these yeah. things happened to him and he saw the greater purpose and why these things happened to him for what he was used for for right. the, for the saving of many people like that's that's just an awesome yeah. experience most likely yeah yeah so yeah so you know because of that these are just you know one of the big reasons why we just keep doing what we're doing <laughs> yeah, especially exactly. with ministry and life yeah so wow um uh, as we move forward, I'd just like to uh, make also a recap. Those probably that has just uh, uh, tuned in, uh, those who have not listened to the previous episode. We talked about women in the ministry. And we looked specifically, First uh, Corinthians 14, verses 34 mm. to 35, where <laughs> Paul said the women should keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. So that was that was what we, you know, go went through with uh, Zuriel and Res. And just to give a summary of after we look into discussing to the context, the passage, um, Paul was not actually Paul did not actually intend to communicate, you know. To 
disqualify or to say women cannot do ministry. But by its context, Paul was actually um, saying, Paul was actually talking about order. And because uh, during the time, women did not have uh, a lot of opportunity to study. So they were not as learned as men. And because they were already starting to meet, not just in synagogue, but also in house churches. And there were new leaders, you know, uh, rising. And in their, in their meetings, um, there are at least three to four to five probably persons who will prophesy. And then they will, uh, maybe I think it's used to just use the word argue for the truthfulness of that in order to come to agree and say, okay, uh, we're teaching this because this is true from the passage. And for a woman to interrupt and uh, join the conversation and ask like a something that is supposed to be, kumbaga sa words pa natin, alam mo na yan dapat eh, hindi mo na yan tinatanong dito. <laughs> kumbaga. So that was something disrespectful during their time. Kaya Paul said, uh, uh, for women, you keep silent muna dito, but when you go home, you can ask your husband and your husband will teach you. Because if you look at the local context, you know, chapter, uh, chapter 14, you will see Paul actually encouraging women to, you know, practice their gifts. If they have gift in prophesy, in prophecy, then they can prophesy. If speaking tongues, they can speak in tongues, discernment, teaching, they can teach. And um, so, you know, that changes everything as we look at this passage that Paul was not uh, disqualifying, disqualifying, disqualifying women in the ministry just because they are women. Uh, uh, it, Paul is actually communicating another thing, you know, uh, according to the context. So, bro, maybe you, you want to add something? I know you, you I know, listen no, to no, that. I'm good. I, I did listen to it. I enjoyed it. And I, I loved how you acknowledge the different views held by Christians, that there are people right, who are right. egalitarians, people who are complementarians. But mm -hmm. without without neglecting those two things and the overall arguments used by both sides, you mm. you acknowledge these views, but at the same time, you just focus on that passage. You just focus on that verse and let the verse uh, help you understand what was actually being thought there by by looking at uh, like the entire context, like from the onion that you're always presenting <laughs> in this uh in, in this podcast and so that's why I, I, when Zuriel said he it's it's so important for him as a Baptist mm. to, to see this because although right. he knows uh, the, the the view of like complementarianism is 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 bigger than that he this is a key verse that's being used there and it's just helpful for him to see the bigger picture and seeing the other side of uh, or the other party and their arguments so i, I yeah that was, mm -hmm. that was that was fun and knowing that you were actually there together was yeah quite and envy, made me envious <laughs> anyway speaking yeah. of the onion speaking of the onion as we before we jump into our topic tonight which is also very interesting um i'd like us to just you know make do a quick review of the model you know the onion that we the model that we use the onion in uh interpreting the bible or the passages that we look into in this in this uh uh podcast so 
the onion has five layers. And the first layer that we look into first is the historical context. This is where we ask what was the historical and cultural setting of the author and the audience. You know, we ask what was the historic, uh, what was the political climate, was it, what was happening in terms of religion, in terms of ideas, uh, what were prominent, what were the setting, you know? Ganon, kasi it, the passage will be understood from their time, right? And culture. The next is we look into the ultimate context. Um, in the ultimate context, we look at a passage or a book on how it leads to Jesus or how it coheres to the whole Bible, you know? Um, uh, as, as, as a community in the Christian think tank, we agree and we use the definition of the Bible project of what the Bible is. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. So whenever we look at a passage or a book, we ask, how does this um, book or passage lead to Jesus? Mm. So, and in canon, uh, we look into the standards on how this book actually passed the canon and therefore it was included in the collected books, collection of books. And next is we look at the broad context. This is where we ask, what is the context of the book? Uh, when it was written, why was it written? What is the genre of the book? What was the purpose? What are the themes? So we look at, like, a say, for example, in the New Testament, you have been looking at books in the New Testament, and those were letters. So, yun, isa yun sa mga broader context. Is it a letter? Is it a, um, is it a historical uh, record of, of, of the things, of the events, something like that? So that's the broad context. We consider the whole book. Next is the local context. This is where we look at um, the passage where it belongs in the, I mean, in the chapter with where the context is seen, where it, the context is located. Uh, where, sorry, where the passage is located. So we look at the passage before and after the verses, you know, before and after the specific passage that we are looking into. Yun yung local context. The next is the textual context. Um, textual context is what we um, probably know as word studies. This is where we look at the words, what they mean in the original language and to the original, uh, to, to the writer and to the audience, you know, and mm. we look into also not just the meaning, the literal meaning by translation, but uh, the meaning also on how they are used by the author because that's part of a textual context. So, Basically, that's the, the onion. That's the model that we use in trying to interpret the, the Bible or passages in the Bible. So now, you know, for this specific episode, we will be taking a new passage. And this passage is also one of the most, I mean, quite misunderstood. Because uh, if you look uh, at the passage, um, in itself, without considering any context or the or all context, you know where it belongs or it is located, then it would really lead you to believe on in something else. So it's critical that we look at it now and consider the context because I think this passage has been critical to the influence of the church to become anti-intellectual and maybe also you know against science 
You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, kasi nga, tinignan na yung passage, binasa, and sinabi yun, and said, wait, sabi pala ni Paul na hindi ganito, ganyan-ganyan. So, this, hopefully this episode will be helpful in clarifying this misunderstanding of the passage. So, are you ready, bro, before I read the passage? <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> Just like Kyle, ever, ever ready. <laughs> Always ready. <Yeah>. Battery. So, <laughs> the passage that we're looking into now is, um, tonight will be Colossians 2, um, verse 8. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Um, maybe for some, they are now, you know, thinking, trying to remember what this verse is. Now, allow me to read it to you guys. Um, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, "See to it that no one takes no. Uh, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, uh, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ." So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, and should we dive into that's this, what bro? Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, I think you're, we, we you, want, you want to say something? Yeah, uh, one of the reasons, like what you, you just said, that this use this is usually used as a proof text. What we right. mean by that is people will just try to present this verse to try to prove something, as if it's to justify their position, right? So, uh, don't engage with philosophy. Because a lot of people are, that's what the, they say, don't get engaged with philosophy because uh, it's going to pull you away from from Christ, something like that. Right. And then, see, look at this verse. It's, it tells you to keep away yourself from, from looking into Nietzsche, looking at Kierkegaard and all these things. Anything that revolves around the idea of philosophy. They, de- they demonize philosophy, the subject of philosophy, mm. because of this verse understanding and i think it's critical for us really to understand this verse what it means because is it are, are we really understanding it right to the point that it right uh, influences people to to behave these things to view these things yeah so right. I, I guess it's good if we actually apply the onion right away right <laughs> so let's yeah. check first the uh, historical context you know the, let's look into what was happening what what does Colossi look like during the time when you yeah know, it, it's Paul... in Colossians right it's written in, right. in Colossians too so what does Colossi say about what was happening there bro right so um, looking at where Colossi is it's um, located in in Asia, and it's now known as Turkey. And yeah. before, you know, at least before the time when um, uh, Paul wrote this letter to them, Colossi was known to be a wealthy and a large city, a large place, because of the advantage of the road system of the Roman Empire. So they greatly benefited from that. But later on, when the Roman Empire changed their the roads their road system uh Colossi became one of the insignificant places because uh nalayo na sa kanila yung advantages ng uh, road system ng, ng ng Roman Empire so they became insignificant uh, even in the book of uh, even in the writings of Paul according to some scholars 
um, meet Paul did, did, did not even start the church, you know, walang masyadong record, but just the book of uh, Colossians, where we realized that it's it was actually his friend, his co-laborer in Christ, Epaphras, who uh, started the church, you know, who visited him in during prison. So this is a city wherein they came from just being great, but maybe during the time when Paul wrote the letter, um, they was not they were not as great as before. But this place was known to be because influence because of the road system. The the, the place Colossi is known to be a place where people a lot of people actually meet. And so yeah, like melting pot. It's it's a melting right, pot. Right, that's it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So and when that happens, when people meet, then religions will also meet, beliefs, yeah. ideas will also meet. And so the place become a place of ideas, a place of beliefs. That's why mm. uh, later on in the, in the as we talk about uh, the church in, in, in Colossae, we will realize that they had struggles about, you know, the belief in God, uh, the philosophies during their time mm. that Paul was writing about and against. So, yeah, because they were really influenced. Because the believers in Colossians were actually converts who used to be worshippers of the gods and the idols. They were just, they were pagans. They were heavily influenced by the Greek and uh, the Romans. Do you have something to add, bro? Yeah, so it's, this is an interesting background because it gives you the, the cultural landscape of where this book was coming from. Like, what was the perspective mm -hmm. of Paul while he was writing it? He was understanding that these people are exposed to different ideas, right? different, different, different ideas and different cultural backgrounds. And I, this re just reminds me of Ephesians as well, because Ephesians was also the center of, of pagan worship, as I remember. Mm -hmm. And in chapter one, that this that is why they're always being reminded of, because there there were a tendency to be divided because people were coming from different places. But he reminds them of, of the unity in Christ. But Colossae mm. is a very a specific kind of issue that they, Paul is also trying to deal with when it when mm. regards to church uh, as a as a body and what was what was trying to sway them away is 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 actually hinted already here and and i guess from from that historical background bro this this just mm. gives us this opens up uh how we should see it now like why did right. paul write it knowing that yeah. that was the historical background the place i guess mm. there's a, an idea already there right of why what was paul's intention in the first place why he was writing to these people Mm. Knowing that this is the influence and this is the environment where right. uh, this church was in, right? <laughs> right, right. And by the way, you mentioned uh, um, the similarities and you know the language of Paul when he when when he wrote this letter to the, to the Ephesians because and you know trivia lang kumbaga, you know? um, Golosi is actually just a hundred miles east away from Ephesus, so. Uh, din, no? I mean, just um, although later on you will realize, you know, when at the time uh, Paul wrote this, he was actually in prison, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the prison <laughs> epistles, right? Uh, Ephesians, mm. Philippians, Colossians, and right. so, uh, interesting. <laughs> so, there's those are the links, right? <laughs> yeah, 
that's the benefit. Yeah, I mean, okay, ju that's just the benefit when you try to study the historical context. You will see how things link in history, mm -hmm. right? With people, with events, with context, with environment, with, with ideas, beliefs during that time. So, yeah, I think we have somehow laid down, laid down enough of the historical context. Now let's jump into the ultimate context. Mm. So, um, how is the book of Colossians, or you know, its content, um, lead to Jesus? Mm. What do you think, bro? I I guess because there was what was a threat. What was considered a threat at the time? Mm. Like, if the if the goal is to to grow, the goal is to become Christ-like, to to be mm. led to Jesus, like it, to glorify God, basically. Um, and the pur the purposes of the epistles, as we see consistently, that Paul was trying to reprimand them, reminding them of things that they should mm. do and that they shouldn't do. And it seems like if Colossae was highly influenced, or at least at the place where the melting pot was was commonly mm. uh, associated with, and he was warning them to be careful, to be careful mm. of of something that might happen to to them to the church so right. because the goal is to be grounded and to be rooted in 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 our perspective in jesus and in, in our mm. knowledge with him and ideas revolving christianity and jesus teachings we must be careful of uh, things that are not things that are not reasonable <laughs> let's just put it that, that's, <laughs> that's the safest way to say things that are not reasonable uh that would influence people such that it would lead them to practices that are actually not proper, practices that right. are not necessary, practices that are actually damaging to them. So hmm. I think that the ultimate context here is we see Paul writing to the church on the value of Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, hmm. and how our ideas and our thinking must be influenced by him by by our mm. lord mm. such that we must be careful of the surrounding ideas that's competing with our day-to-day -day, uh knowledge day-to-day -day ideas that we were facing in the culture uh, or at least in the, in the society so right. yeah that's that's how i see the ultimate context yeah 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 talking about i mean you mentioned about um urging them to be strengthened in their faith because they were warned by Paul about these uh, ideas, competing ideas around them. It's in, in, the, in, the ultimate, in the ultimate context, we could say that uh, Colossians' feet, you know, belongs to the collection of books to be included in the canon just sim simply because Paul here is actually leading people to Christ and not away from Christ, right? He is mm -hmm. actually... With the competing ideas, he's pointing people back to Christ, who is the creator, who is the image of the invisible God, who is ours, who is our savior, he is our Lord. And so um that's that's just the the ultimate context. We we under, we we, un, we can understand how the book of Colossians uh fit or belong to uh to the to the greater whole, which is the mm. co the collections of books which Basically, what the Bible actually means, right? So, yeah. right. It just also reminds me, bro, like how 
important this thing to be dealt with at the time because the church yeah. was in its uh, infancy infant stage right mm. so it was growing was it was beginning to the point that any possible issue or error that can stem away from that uh beginning is gonna is gonna be dangerous when when it starts right. to grow so Paul mm. had to do his job. Paul had to remind them and to 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 keep them uh, to keep them watched. <laughs> yeah. he, he had to keep he, like make sure that everything was was doing as as was supposed to because the, it was the, the early stages of the of the church and mm. uh, we should be careful of it. And uh, yeah, it just it just reminds me of how. The church started in in that sense, and mm. the responsibility of Paul was so heavy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I think later on in the let's jump into the broader context, right? Okay. Yeah. Because I I I I I agree with you know the responsibility of Paul because Paul, as an apostle of Christ, he loves the Lord so much, mm. and he loves the church so much. That in the book of Colossians, he said, in my imprisonment, in my suffering, I don't see this as a defeat, but I see this as sharing in the suffering of Christ. So we see that, you know, the concern, the burden of Paul, even though he did not, he was not, he did not, you know, start this church. You know, he learned about this church probably because of the news of Christian friends. But this time, he was actually visited by the one who started the church. You know, a co-laborer, he said, um, who is also a minister, whose name, whose name is Epaphras. So Paul was visited by Epaphras, and Epaphras told him about, you know, this church, this us, this how we are doing, but we have these challenges. And then Paul, as a person who loves the Lord so much, and who loves the church so much, the body of Christ, as he explained the in, burden. in Ephesians, had that burden. And so he wrote this response to in he wrote this response to encourage the believers in in Coloss in Colossi, you know, to lead them to be devoted more on Christ uh, as they face this um these ideas or these beliefs that uh, are around around them. So in the broader context, again, this is where, because I'm talking about that, because this is, this is where we look into who's the author of the text, you know, of, the, of, the, of the, the book, and who's the receiver, what's the language, the genre, what were the issues and the themes. So first, let's establish this. The author is Paul, right? Um, we see this in, in the introduction. Uh, Paul greets them and um, affirm them, uh, thank them for their commitment and their love for Christ and their service for Christ as a church. So the author is Paul. Again, he was visited by, visited by Papras, shared to him the, the condition of the church. And so he responded um, to that, to what he heard about the church. And I forgot how to, I don't know how to um, to pronounce it, the name of the one who read the word in Colossi, who probably was the one who was there with Epaphras. No, uh, his name is, it spells T-Y-C-H-I-C-U-S. How do you say this, bro? Tiki. Taiki. Taiki. Costa. It's very hard. Yeah, but yeah, because I don't know if are you are you you're familiar with this, right? When a letter is written during their time, you know, 
the person who wrote the letter will ask someone to write it for him and then that person mm. will deliver the letter yes. and uh, and then he yeah. will yeah scribe and then he will be the one to read the letter to the audience to the recipients and then when the people when the recipients would have question um the one who brought the letter uh, read the letter will will explain the letter because he was there when that was written by the by the one who sent it so basically yeah. uh that's why we uh just providing a background bakit si Iki Taiki Kos read the letter in front of the uh for the uh, the, the, the collusion church and so mm. Paul is the author and the receiver is the church in Colossae the Corinthian believers right and the date of writing um accordingly it was written in AD 62 during Paul's first Roman imprisonment mm. So Paul was imprisoned in Roman and he was visited by Epaphras. And so that's what that time that he wrote the letter and that was AD 62. And uh, the language of the book or say, on the genre is it's a uh, Pauline epistle, meaning it's a letter of Paul. It's a letter. It's a letter. Yes, it's a letter. And the language that was used was uh, Greek. Yeah. So now let's talk about the issues. What... Um, you know, that the book addressed, um, what were the issues that were addressed by Paul here, bro? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a very good explanation already that you, you, you told us uh, on, on the context of, of the book, how it was mm. said, how it's done. I, I guess the issue here, which we already hinted at in the early, right. in the early points, that why is it leading to Jesus? Because it, mm. it reminds us to avoid things that would keep us away from Jesus. So right. what are these things? What are these right. dangerous things? So I think the key point here that they're addressing is false doctrine. False doctrine mm -hmm. and false ideas or dangerous yes. ideas that's that's it's going to influence the church and their minds and and in practicing the faith. Mm. And it's good that uh, now that we're dealing with the local context, bro. Yep. Uh, yes. Because once we see the verse, like a lot of people, like what I said earlier, like they're gonna use the verse as, as a proof text, but they miss out the context. Mm. So, apart from that, they miss out the verse before it. And let me just read to you Colossians two, six. Uh, yep. Until I mean, bro, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Can you read? Can you read from? I know. From, from way before? verse six to fifteen, just six to fifteen. Oh, sure. Except verses six to fifteen, okay. just to give yeah the the the, the yeah. further local context. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm opening up. Uh, why we get gateway? So, right. from six to fifteen. So that's gonna give us a bigger context already of the local context. Right. So the verse six says, "Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been." firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And then the verse comes in. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in accordance with Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. 
and he is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your wrongdoings, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our wrongdoings, having canceled, we canceled the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Yeah. You have anything to say, bro? Yeah, yeah, no, no, just continue your explanation. I know you were in yeah, yeah. in that flow. So I I I guess um let me read again verse six because I think this is important for us to see where verse eight is coming from. As, right. uh, apart as it's equally important to see what's coming after. Let me just yes. focus on verse six because it says here, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed in unperflowing gratitude. What's what I see there, bro, is that hmm. Paul was reminding them that they are Christians. Right. <laughs> Paul was reminding them that they are Christians <laughs> and you embrace Christian ideas coming from Jesus because he's your mm. Lord. Whatever he thought, whatever he's, uh, right. he viewed is what you should also embrace. You should, yes. that's that's our perspective. That's what we try to do in Christ likeness. We tr we aim to see the world in Jesus' eyes. Yes. That's, and rather than seeing Jesus or the world from the world's eyes. So our goal is to, to have the same mindset and perspective as our lord and he's mm -hmm. reminding them that they're christians they have these things they have these views they have we have these ideas that uh, so far as we know coming from christ himself although yes. we cannot we we can't really know what jesus thinks of chocolate we there are there are things <laughs> that we don't know there it's not explicitly right, right. stated but mm -hmm. at least in the important and essential parts of the world that jesus has has preached uh or at least yeah. we know oh. that that they'd be in thought in scripture, which Jesus right. affirmed. But he's saying there that we are have been so now that we are in Christ Jesus our Lord, we're Christians, we're believers, that we are firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in our faith. Like we have this faith, we have the Christian faith. And as we were instructed, like there are things that are being taught to us as we walk in faith. These things right. are things that are coming from Jesus, like things that Jesus uh, according to Jesus, or leads to Jesus. And then the verse 8 comes in. See to it that there's no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Other other uh, translations would say, do not take captive, do not be uh, taken captive of hollow and deceitful and philosophy. Yeah. That, mm. that translation in itself is very important as well that we can discuss later on. Yeah. Like the, the captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition. So so the philosophy here that we are trying to deal with is mm. is explained. What what kind of philosophy? Kind, hollow, yeah, hollow and deceitful or captivate captivating philosophy. Persuade. 
mm-hmm. it's empty and empty deception in accordance with what what kind of philosophy is this in accordance with human tradition so people are just made doing it men. because it's yeah made by men or people are, we know that this kind of philosophy is just being done because people do it right. so not only that in accordance with the elementary principle of the of the world like ideas that we know are not according to Christ because that's right. normally what is being contrasted to the world in Christ mm. rather than in, in accordance with Christ. So we have an idea already, bro, that what kind of philosophy is being dealt with. So in verse 6 to 7, we see that Paul is reminding them that they are Christians, that they are believers, that yes. they are, that they should have a, a view or at least an understanding of the world and their faith coming from Christ. And because of that, Paul was in a way saying, do not be snatched away by these things. Right. Yes. Do not be drawn, do, do not be drawn from these things that are attractive because deceitful, the idea in itself that is being repeated there, deceitful is that you are deceived because it's there's there's except, a sense of except the way things actually are. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you're tricked. <laughs> you're, yes, is it? Yeah. So so that's how yep. I see the local context, bro. Yeah. So I I I agree. You know, Paul is telling them you're a believer already. There are things that you know, according to how to what Christ teach and what has been passed on to to you to us until this time. Now, as we look at verse six, it is. You know, the issue here is about ideas, right? And yeah. for Paul, these ideas are not mere ideas that will be in our minds. Paul thinks and addresses this issue because he believes that our ideas will lead us to our actions. That's why the reminder the reminder of Paul in verse 6 when he said, Therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, what did he say? So walk in him. Paul is very concerned about, you know, reminding them about what Christ taught, what they believe, because it will, it, it's where their actions ought to cohere, right? So, dito, the, the, Paul is dealing with this because this idea, these deceitful ideas, these empty ideas, you know, philosophies, will lead them, will lead them to act the other way. Mm. So yeah. interestingly, bro, I know you dive into this. What is the specific issue during their time that Paul was actually, was referring? Mm. Yeah, I think we can we can trace that in in the historical side. Actually, that we right. that you mentioned earlier, like we can touch on it again, given the mm. fact that there were a lot of cultural. Uh, influences at the time where it was. It was a melting pot. Uh, right. We can also know through history that the revolving idea at that place and at that time was Gnosticism. And yes. a syncretism was also happening. So we have to right. define these words as how we understand it, or at least how yeah. I, I understood it. Is uh, you, you can expand on this further, bro. Right. Uh, sure. People had a belief that they can have secret knowledge or mm-hmm. access to the spiritual and they are able to leave 
uh, the physical in that sense, which is something that they are trying to demonize. They don't like the physical, right? And yes. through the secret knowledge that they have, uh, it's in, in some way their salvation because they escape right. the yes. world. So that's that's what I remember about at least Gnosticism and my review of it. But mm. that's dangerous because uh, it's not Christian, first and foremost. Yep. Yeah, and there's no secret knowledge that's being taught. We know that God has revealed himself yes. uh, in creation and in Christ, and he wants to reach the world. And at mm. the same time, Jesus d doesn't demonize the material world. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah I agree. You know, uh, Gnosticism was the rising idea you know, during the time that influences uh, that influences people, including the the church. Paul was seeing it; it's going to the church. When he said, you know, when he said in in verse in verse in verse seven, I mean, no, in in verse eight, he said, "See to it that no one takes you captive." That means Paul is is have, have an idea that someone is actually teaching this idea inside. Mm. So now Paul is is referring to the idea of Gnosticism. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. No, the Gnosticism believes that they have certain you know secret knowledge because they believe that you know someone can be saved by knowledge but knowledge knowledge not by virtue of intellectual apprehension but by mystical experience in sinabi mo no yeah something spiritual experience and then when they have knowledge of that they gain access to god and so they are saved so and because that there is a reason to that why they kumbaga reject knowledge from not totally reject but just you know they believe that salvation through knowledge but from mystical experience because they believe that the material world or matter is actually evil yeah and flawed and so, yeah, very flawed yeah, yeah yeah so that's why they believe they actually believe that idea led them to believe that god and the material world or the matter is actually antagonistic they are hostile to each other they cannot they can be together that's why they believe that they have an idea that god doesn't have you know doesn't have an absolute relationship with, with the world literally doesn't have a relationship with the world what he did was in order for the world to be created was there were like little gods that mm. that he created who created the world right that uh kaya kaya siya wala siyang direct na relationship kasi hindi siya nag create Na, so yan yung idea nila and it even led to the consideration of the christians during the time to reject the 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 deity of christ because it led mm. them to to think that no christ was not actually fully divine and fully human that's why mm. if we look at the content of paul and how he addressed this he explains or in our language we love to use this he argues for the supremacy preeminence of Christ in all things right so yeah. so so that's it that's the that's the false idea that um Paul is actually dealing with or arguing against during this time because of because of of syncretism Christ has become you know just one of one of the gods you know one or one of um, yeah. yeah you know one one yeah. of the spiritual experiences that you can have in yeah. competition with the gods around that they believe so christ has lost its supremacy 
right? Mm-hmm. It's preeminence. That's why Paul is arguing against that. So that's that is so kumbaga if now if you will compare it in the local context, if you look at verses six going down to fifteen, Gnosticism would claim, you know, God has no relationship with the world. But in our belief, according to what Paul said, God actually has a relationship with the world because God created the world. Yeah, he's very right? personal as well. Yes, like, and he's very personal as well, right? That leads us to to the to, to our belief, you know, that Christ is actually fully divine and fully man. Just like what John said, that you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among yeah. us. And that's yeah. truly divine and truly right? man. Yes, yeah, yeah, truly yeah. divine and truly because because you know, for for the Gnostics, they don't believe that Christ was actually divine. And later on, as Gnosticism, you know, developed, they 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 thought that in order for them to be forgiven of their sins, to be, they have to do sacrifices, you know, rituals, you know, that would include, you know, suffering, inflicting suffering to themselves, hurting themselves. Mm. Well, for us Christians, we read that from the passage a while ago. I will read that later Christ on. Already, yeah, Christ already died. Right? Christ already died for us. He already forgave us as Christians and he's offering that to the world, whoever whoever will believe. And I like what the words that Paul the, the words that Paul used here. He said he cancelled. I mean I would I would like I would, I love to read uh, uh, I'll just read from verse um I just read verse twelve from verse twelve he said having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in working of in the working of God who raised him from the dead and then thirteen he said when you were dead in your transgressions and and the uncircumcision of your flesh, this is very important. This is what he said against narcissism. Paul said, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That is a direct attack, attack a, argument like, to Gnosticism. Like, you don't have to yeah. do anything anymore. You just, you just, Christ already did it for you. <laughs> so it's he, a contra, it contra-gnostic practice. Like, he's, he's showing that this if that is what Gnosticism is about, and this is what you practice because of Gnosticism. See to it that Christianity is saying that that's not something that we should promote as a right. practice because this is already the perspective of Christianity. <laughs> so, yes, this is, this is what we actually believe, right? And yeah. and in thinking about you know, just like to call this the little gods that created the world, you know, that the Gnostics believe. Well, Paul, you know, argued that in the in the first chapter. That Christ is actually the head over all the ruler and authorities in the world, and he is, he he is the creator of the universe. He is the ruler of all things. He is above all things, and he mentioned again in verse, you know, looking at verse, I think it's in verse sixteen, no, fifteen. He said he had disarmed the rulers and authorities. He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them. Through him, you know. Later on, it's it might be too early to talk about this, but it's uh, 
I, I'm thinking about Heiser's, you know, view about yeah, divine council. The gods, divine council, bro. But this is not the time yeah. to explain it, you know, fully. Yeah. But what we're saying here is that, you know, Paul might be thinking about, you know, the gods. He was acknowledging. Be, he was acknowledging yes, that. Yeah. Yes. They could be. Yeah. There are. Yeah. There could be. Elohims. There are. There are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah these and then, gods be, yeah. exist. They have certain authority over some things, but Christ. Is the ultimate above, ruler. Yeah. He has already defeated them. He is above all them. You know, he was there before the creation. So that is what Paul is trying to, to address here in, in the local context. Now, bro, I'm yeah. just, you know, just being so excited into looking into the textual context, yeah. looking at the, the, what the text actually mean here, you know? Mm, okay. So, um, you know, situate, the word situate just means you on guard, right? That no one, referring to the false teacher, will take you, will take captive. Uh, will take you captive. I, I, I like, I, I don't know if you can still remember the word that you used a while ago about being taken captive. Can you? Do not be flat. I do not be, do not. You like, used the word a while what ago. What I said just... like, like, Yeah, yeah, a while ago. Was, did you oh, use the word the... captive? Captivated, yeah, was there was, or, yeah, captivated, or something that do not be led away, do not be led astray, something yes, like that. Yes, because yeah. this word actually means like being captive during a war. Mm. And you know what happens when you're being captive in your, you know, in a war? You will become a slave. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. gonna get influenced by the culture, of the people. Yeah, and eventually you, you will be forced like to them. just act. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So. So this is what Paul is saying. He's very serious. See to it that no one will enslave you, will take, will make you captive yeah. of what? Philosophy. Bro, what what's the word philosophy yeah. here? What what is this uh, in yeah. <laughs> The word philosophy, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the that's the word philosophy there. And uh see we and we have to understand where the author mm. is coming from. Yeah. Paul was Paul was a known person who knew philosophy well, especially that right. he was said to be a student of Gamaliel, right? right. Who, a Greek professor, well and then well learned. And then we know from history and from literature that the, the Greeks were very into philosophy to the point right. where they really had inquiry regarding the world, regarding understanding mm. reality. Like whoa, mm. as uh, our identities and all these things, and and so Paul really had that background on mm. understanding the importance of philosophy that he's indeed applying in his practice. But right. apart from his Greek background, is his Jewish background as yeah. well. He he's a Pharisee, and whenever Jews use the word philosophy. Yeah, like when I'm, I'm saying, whenever Jews use the word philosophy, uh, as much as this is written in Greek, mm. it is associated with their traditions. It, it is associated right. with their practice. The idea and, behind when they use the word. Yeah, because when mm. you're saying you have a philosophy, it's like a way of life, right? It's, right, it's a way, it. of, a, a way of life. It's a, we know philosophy is more than just more than that in terms of the, its definition. Uh, yes. But it's it's he's referring to that 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 you have do not be take captive of their way of life do not be yes. take, taken captive of of 
hollow and deceitful or uh, very influential or persuasive uh, philosophy. But we have to understand that this use of philosophy is very specific already. It's it's good right. that we we look at the context first because we allow the context to define the term in yes. its proper use because mm. a, a word can have different meanings but how we understand the word is defined by its context the yeah. context that's that's why context changes everything right amen can you show it bro <laughs> those are watching come on and can you read that context changes everything. context changes everything so this is the cultural backgrounds study bible and see to it that uh and that's in colossians too right and there's a yes. very important passage as well uh that is that is said before colossians 2 and that's in colossians mm -hmm. 1 and colossians 1 uh i think it's in verse 15 yeah, in verses hmm. 15, it talks about Jesus, it talks about who Jesus is. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created. So this is also talking against like the Gnostics, right? And yes. that are in him in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, physical mm -hmm. and spiritual, something that the Gnostics are concerned of, whether yes. thrones or dominions, Elohims or principalities yes. or powers all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and all things consist and he is the head of the body the church who mm -hmm. is the beginning the firstborn from the dead and all things he may have the preeminence yeah mm -hmm. so uh what's interesting to me with this knowing that we have this context is, is that mm -hmm. it's noted here in the study bible that i'm i'm, I'm looking into is that these Paul was kind kind of touching on the Jewish idea of mm. of wisdom, like the capital W wisdom, and yes. how they view it as something very close to God, close to mm. the person of God. The point that I, I think uh, I saw it in uh, I heard it in Bible Project that uh, the Jews actually really view this wisdom as a personification, right? Mm. So the wisdom and Paul was indeed using that language. Mm -hmm. which is the same language that is where Jesus was referred to as the Logos to describe that the, the, the working system behind working uh, uh, the universe right. or the world is attributed to God and yeah. is order. Uh, personified in Jesus. Like, yes. And now he's also saying in Colossians that Jesus is this wisdom. Jesus is right. like the wisdom of okay. uh of God, like He is the truth. He Himself, yes. To the to the point that if He is the truth, let's let's not be swayed by falsity. Like let's not be right. swayed by something that is deceitful. Yes. So, so where where philosophy comes in here is what is philosophy then? What is mm. actually philosophy? So since they use the word philosophia, uh, philosophy, philo, uh, love, sophia, wisdom, is it's the love of wisdom. But we have a better understanding on on what philosophy is based on its practice. And we can yes. know that philosophy, as much as it is 
literally the love of wisdom. We can know through its function and practice that it is the use of reason, like use of our mind to 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 uh to, the use of reason to gain wisdom the or the wisdom. use of reason no for the pursuit of wisdom so the yeah. goal there is you're pursuing wisdom and yeah. knowing that the christians viewed wisdom in jesus like you you find wisdom in truth you find wisdom in jesus so the christian application of philosophy is that you're using your reason for the pursuit of god yeah so that's, ultimately what that is what philosophy is yeah that's that's ultimately what philosophy is in our christian view so right. if that's the understanding of philosophy and we see that coming from paul that he like he respects philosophy he, he knows that philosophy is is about seeking truth it's about mm. inquiry it's about learning it's about creating a perspective that is built on a solid ground then we know that what he's trying to tell the church here is not to to be against philosophy as a whole yeah to, to be against philosophy per se but to be against the quality the type of philosophy that yes. he's qualifying here he's describing yes. the type of philosophy that we should avoid hollow right. and deceitful so yes. vain and empty philosophy so it's it's not just philosophy it's the type of philosophy because I like that. And this, yeah, because like like you said, like the ideas that you are, that you said, like as much as it is against, like we know specifically that they are against Gnosticism, but he's describing Gnosticism as a deceitful kind of philosophy. So yes. that's that's like, we can we can see, we can also extract that in, in understanding that this is not just a one-time thing that Paul is trying to tell us as a, as a, mm. like, be careful of Gnosticism. No, it's not just against Gnosticism. It's anything yes. that is right. deceitful, like anything that is false, that seems yes. true. So let me yeah. just let me just finish this part. Uh, uh, my, no, my, my, my understanding here, like, we know philosophy in itself is not evil, right? Because Amen. because Paul was using it yeah. in order to know. In order to argue against bad philosophy, you must know good philosophy. Amen. Right. C.S. Lewis said that, right? Like, in order to know mm. bad philosophy, uh, we must you have need to have good philosophy. Mm. Knowing that philosophy is actually using reason for the pursuit of wisdom, using a reason for the pursuit of God, then mm. you have to be established there. And it's important right. that Paul establishes that good philosophy is in Christ. Yes. Because if you establish that good philosophy is in Christ, then you shouldn't be deceived by things that are false. Like, and what I understand here as false philosophy, bro, is that something that is, uh, like, let's start with this. I I, I see two things here as a, a philosophy mm -hmm. that is bad. Mm. Something that is persuasive rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Something that is persuasive. It, it appears to be sound. It appears Seems to be true. Appears to be relevant, but it's actually not. Right. It's it's just persuasive because it, it mm. feels good, something like that. <laughs> Makes and second good. is pointless practice. Mm. So the, the 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 OCD in me comes like the the, the two piece. So it's <laughs> like there's a pointless practice happening because of those ideas that you're trying to embrace. 
Mm. So that's the type of bad philosophy. So what the good philosophy, what philosophy really is in its essence is like we know that it's a pursuit of wisdom. It's actually something, a perspective that is grounded in mm. Christ. Like that's the good philosophy that Paul is trying to endorse here. So it's a perspective that is grounded in Christ. It's proper reasoning. So another P. Yes. So philosophy, good philosophy is the use of proper reasoning. It's a perspective mm. rather than Christ. And it's the pursuit or it's it's a process for us to inquire truth. Mm. Mm. So it's a process for us to inquire truth. So the three piece that I have laid out based on my understanding here is it's a perspective garden in Christ, mm. is the use of proper reasoning, and mm. it's a, a process of inquiring truth. So right. that's good philosophy. If you hold to these things, the right good philosophy, then you won't be deceived by rhetoric. Then you won't yes. be deceived into doing something that is a uh, practice that is actually pointless. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's my... <laughs> <laughs> I You know, I like what you did, bro, because you just, you just explained, clarified what philosophy is. And if this is what philosophy is especially on in the understanding of paul as a jew right compared it to looking at what he is arguing against then we will know by looking at the passage that paul is at against what he thinks what philosophy is what he's doing yeah. here is arguing against a specific philosophy you yeah. know a specific idea so this is why, you know, context changes everything. Mm. So now, I hope that as we read this passage, you know, maybe when we study this or maybe when we preach, I hope that we have the understanding that what Paul intends to communicate here is that not that we should avoid philosophy, but we should avoid hollow deceitful philosophy that means that, that you must uh, aim for good, good philosophy, philosophy. <laughs> that's why like, he, he said in in verse 6 just as you have received christ as your lord walk with him yeah exactly <laughs> walk it's, with him what does it mean to walk course. with him you just yeah. you learn from him you know him yeah. you talk to him you basically get his ways, his wisdom, right? Like a child walking mm. with his father. A child learns from his father. Just like how we walk with a teacher. We learn with our teacher, with our mentors, with our disciples, with our teachers. That's it, right? <laughs> so yeah. at least it's laid down now that Paul is not against philosophy, but he's against bad philosophy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so. do, you, do you want to add something before we jump into, you know, applic application? Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess that's that's important. I also want to discuss about something like. Yes. Uh, so. So okay. So we we're not actually antagonizing philosophy, right. as it is. Mm -hmm. Then, like people would hear philosophy, bro, and then that they they are gonna be reminded of the subject philosophy in school, like. Mm. Uh, if you took it in the university or you study philosophy, I, I know that you did. 
and <laughs> I also took some uh, some courses with philosophy. And then when people hear like, oh, so if God is not against yes. philosophy, then is he promoting that I I read Kant, like Russell, or am, am I supposed to <laughs> do all <laughs> these things? Like Foucault or uh, Nietzsche or Camus? Like, am I supposed to do all these things? These are known philosophers. Like, they are uh, figures of the philosophy world. Then yeah. are we actually endorsing these guys then to study? And what I can say that Okay. Here and, and, and that understanding that is that we try our best to learn from all sources. Like we we try right. our best to learn because we're seeking truth. It's not mm -hmm. wrong to study these guys, but the value then of the passages we just read is that we need to be grounded. There's mm -hmm. no problem in yeah we we need to be grounded in Christ. We need to be, or at least, let me just put it more clearly for non-believers as well. Like, you need to be grounded in truth. Right. Because if you're grounded in truth, of course, as Christians, I'm confident that they won't actually be swayed by ideas that are actually false. And mm. because I believe even in these avenues, let's say something that is labeled to be secular, I still think that there are truths being taught there. And I won't, yes. I won't prevent people from from learning from these truths, yeah. because I, I know that if people, a person is really seeking the truth, then the person is going to be, like, if the person is genuinely seeking the truth, then this person will come to God, right? So be led to God, yes. Yeah, and at the, at the same time, if the truths that you gain from these things are going to be helpful. And you seeing the world as it is, and like you can still like, I think it's, it's much most likely a Jesuit saying, but uh, like finding God in all things, uh, right. wherever there wherever there is something that is true, it's reflective of the nature of God. All truth is and, God's truth. Yeah, all truth is God's truth. Like the fact that like a ball is round is reflected. Is reflective mm -hmm. of the nature of God, uh, of logic, of uh, yeah. or any any uh, the metaphysic or ontology regarding what roundness is, and uh, some people will not recognize that as how does it reflect the character of God? Or how does it reflect the nature of God? It's truth. Like yeah. if if there's a perfect being who created something that is good, even if you don't recognize the being, you just you look at the thing, and then you right. taste that food. And it's, it tastes good because it tastes good because who made this food is good. So there are ways that you are able to, you see that the food reflects its its maker, right? So that's what we're trying to say, that uh, truth is grounded in, in the reality of God, right? So so I we also endorse this in our CTT page that yeah. how do we learn good philosophy? We study, like we study, and that also includes as wide as we can, uh, as broad and as deep as we can. And mm. but at the same time, we must be round, uh, reminded, uh, and grounded in in the person of Jesus Christ, such so yeah. that we won't be swayed away by right. or the per, per, persuasive 
ideas or they're yeah. correct that are actually false. I also like it. I also like to and also also like to add. You know, Paul said yes, having been firmly rooted, but he also continued saying now being built up in him. Now being firmly rooted is something that is that could happen once, but being built up is something that is continuous. And so, if we have been saved in Christ, we walk with Him. We are already in Him. We are rooted. Being rooted in Him, what should be happening in us is that we should be, be we should be being built up in Him. That means, just like what you said, it means that we should continue to pursue truth. We should continue to know the truth. We should continue mm. to live with the truth, right? Because that's how yeah. we are going to be built up. In Him, in Him, in Christ, who is the truth. <laughs> so yeah. in, yeah. So that's it, right? So I mean, now, uh, do, you, do you have to say something? Yeah. Uh, maybe you should continue. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So basically, the the way we look at our lives now, and you know, we see this passage, and as Christians, we see ourselves in similarly the same situation with the church in Colossae. Yeah. We live in a world where ideas are very accessible. <laughs> mm. we, can, we have a lot of, of sources. We can read them from a lot of sources. We can, you know, we can find them everywhere. Now, but what we need is in, in living in this era is knowing Good philosophy because that will lead us to evaluate you know see which things which 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 things which ideas to take and you know direct our lives with right mm -hmm. so if we are to read this passage now what paul said here in 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 colossians is as believers we should equip ourselves with good philosophy. We should walk with Christ, who is the truth, so that we will not be um, easily persuaded or deceived, persuaded or or deceived by false philosophies or bad philosophies. Now, bro, I know you're. I mean, I'm in the seminary, but you also are in the church, and you minister to the young people. Yeah. Can you give? examples of you know present day bad philosophies that paul would say be careful with these bad philosophies <laughs> oh yeah let me just open my drink i'm, I'm drinking root beer. yeah so no. i hope you don't mind i just like drinking this stuff but yeah. a lot of things I even mean, in some some of these things we see in social on social media a lot of things are, are spread on social media like the yeah, idea of uh, of I'm not religious, but I'm just spiritual. Uh, some people are <laughs> very open to mysticism these days, mm. and what I mean by that is the people are sometimes swayed into the idea of manifest manifesting. Uh, I hate that they just took over the word. I liked the word before, mm. manifestation <laughs> like that, but now they they just took over the word, and the manifesting is some people would say. Uh, if you think about this thing, you're just gonna claim it to be yours, then it will come to you. Like it's, mm. <laughs> it's. 
I, I think there's no reason to believe in it in some mystical way. Although some people would then put it in Christian practice. Like how they, they claim it. You know, so that's where the, the attitude of it's the Christian you claim version something. Of manifestation. Yeah, so you, it's it. a Christian <laughs> you say it and you claim it, you dictate to God what you want, and then he's gonna just gonna you're 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 bending his hand and then he's gonna give it to you because you have the power. So as much as people don't uh, explicitly, explicitly say that you're dictating God something, uh, that's what it implies. Whenever you say something and you believe you have that power to do it. Although we have to clarify that this is very different from the idea of prayer. You you mm. pray some for something. You're hoping for something, but you're mm. not declaring it. You're, you don't have that power. You just know that right. you have a relationship with the Lord and you and you trust in him and you're communicating your mm. yourself to him. Right. It's very different from from thinking that you have the authority to to put something <laughs> into reality uh in that in that sense. So this is something this is this is clearly happening in, in people these days, bro. How about you? Like is there something that's very familiar for you? Yeah, for me, what's very disturbing for me, when, especially with Christians, is their belief in karma. There's some Christians, no. you know, you know, you did this. The reason why, you know, babalik yan I don't know how to to say this in English. You know, these these concepts. But as Christians, we don't believe in that, bro. We don't believe in karma, right? I mean, we believe that our actions have consequences. Natural consequences, but not necessarily in we that we don't understand it in the same way with the concept of karma. Na buwabalik yung ginagawa mo sa because yeah, because even if because even if we look at especially in the Christian context, there's grace. This is there is there is mercy. Although they do, it doesn't mean that we com we are completely saved from the consequences of sins, but. Yeah ultimately in the future because God has forgiven us then ultimately we are we're not actually going to receive what we deserve <laughs> yeah, the penalty of sin we're not saved yes. from its ultimate penalty uh but its natural consequences can still uh, yes. something that we are gonna we're gonna suffer from naturally <laughs> yeah so that's, that's what we know it is mm. present so there are things there are things that's that's and it is still occurring until this day. And yeah. this just shows the relevance of, of the book, the relevance of the passage. Yes. I, I said that I said that because for me, the motivation of the motivation of Christians in doing good is just because is because they want good to return to them. Mm, that's so <laughs> but bad. That's not it. That's so bad. That's so, that's, so, that's bad. so bad. The reason the, the reason the Christians doesn't want to do bad things is because they don't want bad things to happen to them. But is you know yeah. in reality that's not actually what is true, right? You do good things, yeah. but say bad things happen to you. Yeah. Where is what is karma? Where is karma there? If that if karma is actually true, so basically yeah. I just want to clear these things out from the minds of Christians, you know, believers, because we don't believe in that. That's not one of the yeah. things that we actually adhere, right? So, so I, 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 mean, I, I <laughs> props to the person who thinks that way, like. Yeah, he's very practical. Like he does good because he thinks it returns. But uh, as much as investment, yeah, it's it's very selfish in, in the Christian context. Like, 
mm. like you do good just for your what you you get um, yeah i understand why he might think that way but i hope he changes his motivation if you're listening to this <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so no just to just for me you know my last words would be it is very my final words before we end is not, not last word because i'm breathing my last after this episode <laughs> oh, yeah. you had to clarify that bro <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just the final words for in, in relation to our topic take the words of paul you know we are christians he for us christians we, we are already in christ we are now rooted in him let us continue to build up ourselves our faith in him let's continue to know the truth pursue the truth and philosophy is a very very good tool in doing that because that's what philosophy basically is and this is very important because as christians there is an expectation for us to walk in a certain way and that is the way of christ to be like christ and that's how important our belief is so now as we do that we are hitting like two birds in one stone because as we are being built up in christ we know him more you're also making ourselves ready to determine as we live here in the world what is what coheres to christ what 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 coheres to our faith and what does not and so our actions will be led uh, as we live our lives kumbaga hindi tayo sumasabay lang sa anong trending anong uso but we actually live according to what is true and what is coherent to what we believe as in Christianity. So that's just my take as we close this. And whenever you, whenever you look at the passage, never forget the context. Yeah. Bro, and it's, it's good, bro, that we're learning these things because uh, apart from learning good philosophy in order to know God, it's also, like what I said earlier, it's, it's also a good practice for us to learn philosophy as a whole in order to identify right. the bad. And like, especially if you are really into this thing, into this field, into the academic studies and research, like your familiar familiarity, like your pursuit of familiarization among different resources, is gonna help you better your critique of your the things that you're disagreeing with, and that's a very mm. fair uh, Christian mindset, like in 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 treating and being charitable to different people, like. Like let's say you are you are against one idea, but you're just against it in its most basic or simple understanding. Like that's not a fair way to to say that you're actually against it just because it is presented in its strawman version. That's why it's a good practice for us to learn different things, both to learn uh, it by by virtue of learning, and at the same time, if you disagree with it, you have good reasons. To show why you're actually disagreeing with it, and yes. those two things are reflective of what truth is. Right. And ultimately, if you want to love God with your mind, then that's one of the practices that you could do. So, I guess my my words would be, uh, "What is philosophy then? Like, how can we take advantage or make use of mm. this God-given tool?" Yeah. Uh, we start philosophy with ourselves, right? Uh, and this is a very important practice in apologetics. Like, if you are if you're an aspiring apologist or a practice apologist, don't skip this. This is where the, all the meat and all the substance is coming from. Apologists, mm. 
you're not just presenting ideas there and, and using rhetoric. Uh, that's something that we discuss yes. and, and think together with good Kyle. Like right. that's that's bad apologetics if you're just doing that. Mm. But that's also very important as well because it introduces you to the world of apologetics. If now mm. you're in this world, then we're encouraging you to dive deeper into the works, right. the philosophical works, because it helps you better your understanding and these things. So mm. look into philosophy because especially uh, like Christian philosophy to be more particular because it helps you better your understanding your faith your reasons behind uh, your faith, why you believe in what you believe. It also helps you show your faith. So you can demonstrate it through good arguments and reason. So mm. in terms of the church context, bro, this is something that uh, we we posted long ago uh, in our mm. page. Like we had this statement, philosophy, the, 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 yes. the peak of philosophy is theology. Amen. But the ground of theology is philosophy. Yes. Now we're we're not discrediting one over the other or making the one better than the other. We know the value of theology. Some people would think, oh, why would you need philosophy if you already have theology? <laughs> like we're not letting them compete. <laughs> we're, we, we don't think that they're contradictory. We think they're complementary. Mm. And what we mean by that is we're going to use, like, now that we know the value of philosophy, we can mm. use it as a tool because philosophy uh, gives service to theology if we properly right. use it. Because what, what is philosophy? Like, we, we know that philosophy uh, deals with different things, bro, right? Like, we know that yeah. philosophy has uh, a branch, or at least it, it deals... For wide branches. <laughs> yeah, wide branches. Like, we know uh, it deals with logic. Like what is how 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 you reason how how you just like the system of the world and its in its order and function, we mm -hmm. we know that like what how we create good arguments. Uh, mm -hmm. We know that it deals with what is real, what is existence, or what exists, what what is identity, what is something, what is a thing. Uh, that, that's dealt in metaphysics, ontology, and all this stuff. Uh, we know it deals with epistemology, like. What is knowledge? Mm. What is truth? How, how do, do you, you know, know what you know? know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you know that external world is real? This is important because if we value, how do you know we're talking? These are important questions in life. These are very yeah. fundamental questions in living the uh, your life in the world that God created. Mm. And it's good that the better you understand the world it's a better picture of knowing who God is and how he yes. interacts with us and how, what the world is. And we also deal with ethics, like what is good, what is, what is evil, what is, what are more, what is morality, what, what is moral, is this something? So a lot of things are being built. Yeah, aesthetics as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Although it's, it's not uh, as widely or uh, promoted a view, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, bro, but, mm -hmm. You should know, but but um, I, I guess it's also included, like what's beautiful and what is values. pleasing. So yeah, all the values and stuff. But I'm just saying that this is a very rich uh, place to see resources, and right. it helps us better understand the world. Not only the world, it helps us better understand people from their perspectives. It it allows you to see the world in different different eyes. 
without mm. actually being them. Um, mm. What I'm, I'm trying to say here then is, yes, we acknowledge theology is important. We acknowledge that we need to know who God is and mm. our proper understanding of God. But that doesn't mean that you should neglect philosophy because what philosophy does is it helps us better our model in understanding who God is in theology. And yeah. I, I've used this analogy before, bro. Like, uh, let's say you have an empty house. You, you built a house. It's, uh, you, have a roo- you have rooms there. And then you bought new things. Hmm. Let's say that's theology. Theology gives us uh, data. Theology gives us ideas. Theology gives us uh, points and all, all these uh, who God is. Like, but uh, a good example is that we see verses in scripture about mm. God is unchanging. Yeah, a lot of these things, God is unchanging, doesn't change like that. But then here comes the, the issue here or the problem. We also see verses in scripture that says God is God repented, God changed. And how, how should we understand Jonah? This? Yeah, because if, if we try to read those verses, although we, we argue that, that we have to properly read it in a context, right. I think this is where philosophy applies because the hermeneutic, the hermeneutic that we're using is also philosophical in, in based in epistemology. Actually, right? how, do you, how do you know? Yeah, how do you know that that is the right way in knowing truth or knowing the proper interpretation there's, there's a step that you're using there that you don't find in scripture the scripture doesn't tell you that but we know this is this is the proper way because it reflects truth that's philosophy you're philosophizing theology so going back to the house uh, analogy you bought new things you bought sofas you bought you bought uh, bed so all i can see here is theology helps us uh with the, with the things that we should put into our perspective. But philosophy in practice is helping us order and give us a better model yes. of the functions and relations between these things. Right. That's why that's why soteriological views or at least views regarding salvation are philosophical in nature because we see God is sovereign, man is responsible. But how do we really understand this mm. we see that we see those data in scripture like god, god we know god is sovereign and we also see that man has a responsibility uh in his actions and choices but how does it play how does how do you have a perspective of it that is proper and at the same time doesn't mm. isn't against what theology or as the scriptures are teaching you yes. philosophize it you, you you use good reasoning to have a model of it, right? So yes. philosophy gives service through theology in that sense. So we shouldn't neglect it because it helps us better our thinking. It helps us better our perspectives as Christians, helps us better our relations with different people, knowing that they come from different right. philosophies and different perspectives. So it's a good practice. And uh, from the statement that Philosoph- the peak of philosophy is theology and the ground of theology is philosophy. We know that we need theolo- a philosophical thinking in order to have good theology. Yeah, and at the same time, like what I said earlier, that we, if a person is seeking truth, then we have the confidence that God, who has already revealed himself in different yeah. truth mediums, 
Mm-hmm. The person is going to be led there. If you seek me with all your heart, then you will find me. That's that's what uh, said in Jeremiah. So we have the confidence that the person who is seeking deeply in philosophy, who looks into good philosophical resources and and uh, materials, is ultimately in the right context. It's going to be led. To be led. Yes. It's Christ. It's the God that we're believing in, because that's we know that we have good philosophical reasons. That that is that where we, we would understand who God is, right? So, right. not discrediting one over the other and not making them compete, but ma- helping them complement. And I think that's the role yeah. that the, the church should practice that role because it's Supposed very important. To. That yeah, it's 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 we are combating the anti-intellectual culture mm. happening in churches. If they're antagonizing science, antagonizing philosophy, then they are brushing away good thinking as a whole. Mm. Or because a lot of and, good thinking comes there. Yeah, I would say if you are they're brushing away good thinking, then they are brushing away Christ to be how to you know becoming like Christ. Because according yeah. to was it Dallas Willard, Christ is actually yeah, a yeah. good thinker, a model of good thinking, <laughs> because Jesus yeah. is. A logician. <laughs> yeah. Like well, what I can say here, bro, is that people who who would try uh, would keep away from philosophy or would push philosophy away from the church, these people are preventing Christians mm. uh, like opportunities and avenues for them to love God with their minds. Mm. Like uh, making philosophy a practice that is accessible and open for the church to 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 learn from and to to practice and, and and it's in our daily lives and daily passions and and perspectives is going to help us love god with our minds hmm. because the more ideas you get to know the more uh ways you get to challenge it the more ways you get to to reason and the more opportunities for you to to talk to god and deal with these ideas and with your Christian perspective, right? So we shouldn't be afraid. Like this is going to be my last thing. We shouldn't be afraid of ideas hmm. because uh, especially if we're uh, grounded in Christ. So we shouldn't be afraid of ideas, but we need to be cautious of them. Mm. That's why we need to be grounded in Christ. So I think that's that's my view of this. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it has got been a quite fun long. session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to say something? <laughs> okay, okay. So, so I, I just remember a quote. I forgot the specific recommendation, but I think it came from William Lane Craig. He said, especially to those who are studying theology, it would be, you know, better if they study first philosophy or logic. Right, in order to equip them to better study theology. So now, as we just end this session, um, uh, I'd like to say once again, after finishing a an exciting biblical interpretation, I would say, with your Bibles, Christians, we do our devotionals on a daily basis for those that are, uh, that are faithful. Stop reading the Bible. Start studying the Bible. <laughs> And as we finally say here in Christian Think Tank, as we close, keep thinking.